Yeah. Great work, Jenny. I was I was in the zone. Thanks. Props. Thanks. Props to you, girl. I needed that pat on the back, or as we call it, biscuits. Oh. Come and get your biscuit, girl. Here's a little biscuit. You get a biscuit. You were good. It's your words could... of affirmation. It is. I it appreciate is. all of the great work you did on these scripts. You are fantastic. <laughs> it's literally the least I could do. But there I was doing it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about dabbling in self-improvement 30 days at a time. We are in our fifth week of our Relationships Month, and this week we will talk about the fifth love language, which is physical touch. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, and with me is my much more disciplined friend, Jenny. I'm not going to lie, Peg, I'm kind of glad that we saved the physical touch one until the last week of this challenge. That's me, Jenny Kaus, a marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal and a big believer in the power of habits. I will do my best to whip our guinea peg into shape and hold her accountable to habit changes that she will undertake one month at a time. I'll be playing along too, and as we take on a new habit each month, we hope to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall, your own best self. Our monthly challenge for November is focused on relationships. That can mean with your significant other or spouse, but also relationships with friends, family, coworkers. Jenny and I are interested to see if there are some habits that we can incorporate into our lives that will help to improve the quality of our relationships with the people around us. To help us focus on this, we are reading the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman, and we have chosen to assign one of the five love languages to each of the five weeks in November to help us shape our challenge. As a result, our challenge will be a bit different this month. It will all be centered around relationships, but each week it will rotate to a different habit to help us explore each of the five love languages. To recap, the five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. Gary Chapman explains that each person has one of these love languages as their primary love language, and when it's used to speak to them, it fills up their love tank and makes them feel amazing. Last week, we focused on quality time and challenged each other and you to spend quality time with a friend or a loved one for seven days. So now it's time for us to report how everything went, and I'll go first. So... Um, I thought it went great. So John and I had a lot of good quality time this week. And as a result of the challenge, I felt as though I was being more intentional about really tuning in when we had that time together. So we had our regular evening check-ins that I mentioned last week where we sit in the hot tub and we catch up on the day. Um, We also had a date night dinner out uh, for Korean food, which we both love. And we had some great conversation. And then on the weekend, uh, I watched one of my nieces for an hour and it was fun to get some time with her. Nice. And and then I was running an errand close by to where my parents live. And I probably wouldn't necessarily have done this if it wasn't for the quality time challenge. But I just called up my mom and I said, hey, like, what are you doing? Uh, can I drop by for an afternoon tea or a cocktail? And she was, of course, pumped. So we shared a glass of wine and we had a great talk and it was really awesome. Um, and then later that evening, uh, two of my sisters and some other ne- neighbors and friends came over and we had some socializing and uh, played some darts in the party barn. So it was just all in all a really great week with lots of quality time with some of my favorite people. That's awesome. And that last sentence sounded very East Coast. The uh, darts in the parody barn. <laughs> Sounds like something I'd say. Oh, well, my. there you go. I'm catching on. 
I like it. So that sounds like you had a great week and really made the most of it. And I got to say, I felt like this was a, a really good one as well. I really enjoyed this week. Um, and I, so one night I went and picked up my grandma who is soon to be 94 and her and uh, Ethan, myself, or we all went out for dinner together. That's another so night. It was so awesome. We had such a great time. Um, and then another night we took my mom out for dinner. Um, cause Jeff was away as well. So we kind of were having some time doing our own thing. And so, and because Jeff was away, Ethan and I had a ton of one-on-one time, um, which we don't always have cause it's usually the three of us. So it was nice to have that time to kind of bond. Um, and we also had some time with our friends catching up. Um, we went out for dinner with friends and then we also had a large gathering with friends, uh, with all of our kids. So yeah, like t- great week. And as a extrovert, I felt like that really filled up my tank, having all of that quality time with people. So it was oh, great. Awesome. That's great. Cool. Yeah, all really right. Good. Well, let's move on to the fifth love language. This week's challenge is physical touch. So in the book, Gary Chapman describes this love language as follows. This language isn't all about the bedroom. A person whose primary language is physical touch is, not surprisingly, very touchy. Hugs, pats on the back, holding hands, and thoughtful touches on the arm, shoulder, or face. They can all be ways to show excitement, concern, care, and love. Physical presence and accessibility are crucial, while neglect or abuse can be unforgivable and destructive. Physical touch fosters a sense of security and belonging in any relationship. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about physical touch by bringing in our online (laughs) pretend best friend, Gretchen Rubin, because as I like to do, uh, she talks about this specifically in her book, Happier at Home. And she makes a resolution with her family to give warm greetings and farewells. So she describes that when her two daughters were little, they'd greet her and her husband as little kids do with wild enthusiasm whenever they walked in the door and they often cried miserably when they left. She then describes that nowadays, as her children are older, they sometimes barely look up from their games or homework when her her husband walk in or out. So she proposed the following to her family. I want us to have the rule that when any one of us comes home or is leaving, we all have to pay attention to that person for a minute. Let's give warm greetings and farewells. And so she did that. And then these are the, the results. This is how she describes them. Giving warm greetings and farewells feels like a natural thing to do. And the more we do it, the more it becomes a habit. As a consequence, each day, several times, we have moments of real connection among all all members of our family. For instance, instead of letting my older daughter yell, I'm leaving before she disappears out the door to go to school, I call, wait, wait, and we all hurry to give her a real hug and a real goodbye. So I love this, number one, because I always love the way that Gretchen describes things. But um, yes, It's something that John and I started early in our relationship that we have really locked in and it's an important habit for us. So we hug and kiss goodbye uh, and hello almost 100% of the time. And we do it on purpose and mostly because I was like, this is an important ritual. I really feel like it's helpful to stay connected um, and help you pay attention to your partner. So I could definitely do this more with other family and friends, like do the warm greetings and um, farewells. So definitely this week's challenge will help to get me moving on that. Is this so, why John kisses me every time I come to your house? <laughs> Warm greetings and, and farewells. <laughs> you guys do it really well. <laughs> that's, that's good. So this week's challenge is centered around the love language of physical touch. For the next seven days, practice warm greetings and farewells with the people that you care about. 
This one has a bit of a caveat. Not everyone is comfortable with hugs or kisses or sometimes any kind of touch. And obviously this may not be appropriate in your work environment. So please use your judgment. <laughs> so it could be a hug or a kiss, or maybe it's just a high five or a fist bump. So that, that's what the challenge is for this week. Okay. So I have to interject with a couple things here, Peg. Okay, do it. Um, fun fact, Peg, when I was doing my 12 months in 2016 of doing a resolution each month, this um, challenge that you're talking about, well, not challenge, but this habit that Gretchen describes is one that I did. You did? As I did. I did. This was one of the, I don't remember which month it was. I'd have to look back. But I did this with the um, greetings and farewells with Jeff and Ethan. And for a month, I focused really hard on making sure that I made a really big deal about every time that I said goodbye or hello to them. And it definitely made a very big impact on our family. It was very nice. And do you remember, I don't know, have you ever heard Brooke Castillo talking about this as well? No, Brooke Castillo is the, the one that we talked about with the get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. And she talks about it um, in the way that she and her dogs greet each other. About You know, when you see a dog, you're like, oh, hello, and you get all excited. Yeah. She started greeting her family like that when they came in the door as well, <laughs> not just the dogs. And so she keeps that in mind. And she said it really shifts the dynamic in the house and can really break that. You know, if you're coming in with a certain mood or something, it can really bring some levity to your household. So that's what I was thinking of when you were saying those was, this is a challenge I really, really enjoy. And I think it makes it feel so good for someone else when they walk in the door and they get such a warm greeting. Cool. So I think this is a great one. All right, let's work on it. All right. And now it's time for a segment we call who are you anyway, where we encourage you to reflect on a question or a concept to know yourself a bit better, which will hopefully be a good aid as you take on new habits. And I will say this month, they have been ones that have given us the feels. That's true. Definitely. Yes. So we will ask a specific question to know yourself a bit better. And this week's question relates to this week's challenge related to physical touch. So our who are you anyway question is, can you think of a time when someone's physical touch made a difference to you? Uh, so I guess for me, the neat part about physical touch is that it's part of my job. So people come to me to work on their body so that they feel better. And that relationships involves me physically touching them. So I'm very aware that this is unique privilege and I don't take it lightly and I'm very careful to explain as we go and I always let people know that their comfort, both physical and emotional, are my first priority. So we can always adapt as their comfort dictates. And what I've learned over 16 years of doing this job is that when people trust you enough to let you into their personal space and touch them, they often then feel comfortable enough and trust you with emotional or psychological challenges that they might be dealing with and they open up in that way too. So 100% of the time when this happens, I always consider it an honor that they trust me with it. And I offer them the best support that I can. And obviously, if there's need for referral, I will give that. But this has really built strong relationships with a lot of my patients. And that's a fav my favorite part about what I do. So in right. terms of how physical touch has made a difference for me, I would say that I know it's a big part of what facilitates those great relationships that I have with my patients. And I can attest to that, Peg, uh, as one of your patients, uh, you are awesome about making it very clear what you're doing and it really puts your patients at ease. Um, so I, I definitely appreciate well, that. Thanks for you. saying so, Jenny. Well, and I mean, you know, 
one minute I'm comfortable, you know, you're giving me adjustment. Next thing, bada boom, bada bing, we got a podcast. One thing leads to another. I know. It's great how it all worked out. (laughs) You got to be careful. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? What, uh, can you think of a time when someone's physical touch made a difference for you? I can. Um, When I had Ethan, I was in labor for quite a while and I fully just cracked emotionally as a result of the combination of the back labor pain, plain old fear and the frustration of things not going progress, like just not progressing. It went on for quite a while. Um, and the very, like the nurses were amazing. And when I <laughs> cracked emotionally and, and that was clear, they told me what, uh, drugs were available to me. Um, and they very graciously left the room to give me time to, uh, what I'll call sort myself out, <laughs> as we say. And it was at that time that my midwife who had been out in the hallway making a phone call came back in, saw me crying and immediately gave me the most reassuring, long, genuine hug. And this is almost six years later. And as I think about it now, Peg, I remember it so clearly because it meant so much to me that she had such compassion for me in that moment. And that physical touch was the reassurance that I needed to know that I wasn't alone, which is what was really at the heart of what I was feeling and was making it such a challenge. So I think that that's one of the really powerful things about physical touch as well. Like you you were saying about having that trust, um, you know, it's that trust, it's the reassurance and that, that you, I think a lot of times, like you, you can say as much as you want, but I think a lot of times it's that physical touch that really makes the difference. And, you know, having that solid, that person there to like literally and physically hold on to. So that was so meaningful. This is six years later. And I, I still think about that. I have a friend who once got a hug from a nun and she still talks about it. And it was probably 10 years ago when she talks about what an incredible experience is. So I think physical touch is such a powerful thing. All right. Uh, now it's time for listener feedback. So every week we ask you to play along with us and we are so excited that some of you are, and we are extra excited that some of you are telling us about it. Shout out to my friend, Sarah Hebert from work who recently sent me a screenshot of the Improvement Project podcast playing on her phone while she was working out. We are part of an exercise accountability group at work, and it was so cool to see her sticking to her goals and so sweet that she would listen to our podcast while she exercises. How cool is that? That's great. That's great, number one, because that's cool that Sarah's uh, listening to the podcast, but it's also cool that you have an accountability group, which I love. Yes, Sarah's a Sarah's the best kind of keener and she started up the accountability group and I'm so appreciative. And it was so ironic that she did it around the same time that I had kind of been starting with the uh, treadmill walking. So it worked out really well. Oh, awesome. That's great. So we want to hear your comments, questions, suggestions, and we also want to know how are things going for you as you build new habits into your routine. So reach out and let us know. Email us at the improvement project at drpeggymalone.com or come say hi on the socials. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Peggy Malone and Jenny is on Twitter at Jake House. And now it is time for what are you digging lately or what I've been secretly referring to as, ooh, me likey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it still hasn't like completely sunk in for me. I'm not I'm not sure if I'm ready for it yet, but I do love it that you love it. It's kind of wrong. Let's admit it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so this segment, which we will formally call What Are You Digging Lately, is one that may or may not be related to our monthly theme. Peggy and I like to talk to each other about what podcasts we've been listening to or what books we've been reading or what random internet hilarity we found, and we feel like you might find it fun too. Little side note here, it's kind of like our text back and forth come to life. Oh, I know. Isn't it cool how that it's works? Like, oh, hey, check this out. Oh, hey, check this out. Oh, that's another thing we could call it. <laughs> hey, check this out. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a getter. I like that. So All what right. are you digging? Well, let me just finish our little intro here. So each week, each of us will share something fun that we are loving. <laughs> I get too excited. Too excited that we find useful or practical or just something that is pure frivolity and fun. And the thing that I'm digging is uh, I have a handsome and handy husband and he has built an awesome new coffee table and he just finished it. So he got this great piece of wood, which is basically a giant, huge vertical slice of a tree. And he cut it into two pieces, one for the table uh, in our party barn, which is this uh, sort of shed out back where we like hang out and play darts and watch football. So much more. So much more. Well, it's kind of, the way I describe it sometimes is like John built me a cottage on the water because it's like this awesome space beside the it's pool. Incredible! It's, it's pretty, so yeah, cool. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool to have a a, a handy handy man. Um, yes. Anyways, he built the one table for the party barn, and the other piece he's gonna build a coffee table for in our living room, and they're awesome. So I'm really digging that this week. I am looking forward to people checking out a picture if you end up putting one in the show notes because this thing has got curves. It's got like an hourglass figure. It's beautiful. It's pretty awesome. I will put a, I'll put a picture in the show notes. So if you want to check it out, go to drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. Awesome. What about you, so, Jenny? What are you digging this week? I am digging salt dough. Do you know what that is? Salt dough? No. What's salt dough? It's dough made out of salt. Oh, I love how salt aptly dough. named. <laughs> yes. So what it is, is it is a combination of two parts flour to one part salt and one part warm water. You mix it all up, you roll it out, you cut shapes, you bake it in the oven, and you can you can make tons of different things out of it. Um, for the past several years, we have made salt dough ornaments for our Christmas tree, for our Christmas tree, and then we have made for family gifts from Ethan. And we really like using, like we have, um, we got a bunch of vintage cookie cutters from Jeff's grandma. Oh, fun. And so we use those. They're awesome. And they're actually ones that my mom has as well. So it's cool because I didn't have to steal them from her. <laughs> and I have these ones that have special sentimental uh, meaning to me as well. So that's cool. Um, and this is what I love about this. So we make this dough, we roll it out, we make ornaments for our tree and you can make, it makes a ton of them. And when Christmas is done, you take these salt dough things and you can throw them in your composter. So you don't have to store them for those other 11 months of the year. And it makes for a really fun activity for kids and adults. Something we really look forward to as a family. And it helps cut down on the amount of random storage you have for Christmas stuff. Oh, that minimalist in you must love that. Oh my gosh. I love it. So when you gave them to your relatives, though, when Ethan gave them as gifts, you can keep them. They do last? Yes, you can. So what we've done in the past, so when he was, a, you know, like really little, like a baby, I had made round ones, like bigger round ones, and put his handprint in them. Oh, cute. 
and then painted them with, you know, like a pearlized kind of white. So you can, you can completely save them year over year if you want to. Um, and you know, we, we tend to do ones like that. Like I think last year, the year before we did ones that it was like a circle and you do three fingerprints and it looks like a snowman. And then we painted them to look like a snowman. So, and I think he did as well. Like we cut out ones that were Christmas trees and he painted the Christmas tree. So you can do the ones that you save, but the ones that we make for our tree, we just cut them out of the dough, bake the dough as is. So they're kind of like a white color and we just put them right up on the tree like that as just kind of the, the shapes. And sometimes they actually, from the salt crystals, have a bit of a shimmer to them. Oh, neat. Well. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So it's just kind of a fun thing to do. And, and kids tend to like that repetition, repetition of like cutting out the ornaments yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. pressing it in and pulling it out and it's just a fun thing to do as a family and it's kind of fun that you get to make them each year rather than just take them out and hang them up it's kids like that sensory kind of sure, experience yeah. right mixing the dough and and by kids I mean me <laughs> all right cool well let's uh, I'll put some uh link to the recipe and maybe some photos of of the ornaments that you've made yeah, I, I do have some that I have saved of the ones that he painted. Okay. So I'll see if I can wrestle those up and maybe, uh, yeah. Okay, also. perfect. So look for those in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. And now it's time for you win or you learn. Each week, Jenny and I will trade off during this segment to let you know where we did something right and there is cause to celebrate or where perhaps something went off the rails and allowed for a learning opportunity. These can be related to our journey as we take on new habits, or they may just be celebrations and bumps in the road in our everyday lives. So I have the win this week, and my win is a repeat of my win from a couple weeks ago, and it's that I have kept up my habit of walking on the treadmill for 20 minutes per day. Yay. And it's re- Thank you. <laughs> Good um, job, girl. It's feeling really locked in now, and I so look forward to that time when I'm on the treadmill uh, because I get to watch my YouTube videos of Matt Diavella. Yeah. And uh, even with the onset of a cold, which can be a really easy excuse for me to drop physical activity, I've kept it up. And I love the feeling of right when I finish and I've got that like in my mind, that check mark for the day of being nice. Done. Oh, so, that's great. Good for you. Yeah. And I felt like a real tangible improvement to my like overall kind of uh, mood and outlook. I think it's been awesome. Like you said last week, there's something to this exercise business, right? I don't know if people know about this, but people need to catch on. It's great. (laughs) It's like someone's been telling me this forever, but I finally just figured it out. (laughs) Good for you. I like it. All right. Um, Well, I'm up for the learn this week. But before I get to my learn, I also just want to give you some props for something uh, that I hope you consider a win. So Jeff was away last week for work. And instead of trying to do everything and be everything for everyone all the time, you actually reached out and asked for some help. So you got your dad to help you with Ethan and uh, tell us about that. Okay, so thank you. Firstly, that's very sweet that you saw that that was progress for me to ask for help. Yeah, big um, progress. I love it. I don't, I, I admit it. I don't love asking for help. It's not, I like to be able to just handle things. Um, and I was so grateful to, uh, originally when Jeff was supposed to be away, it was going to be just for two nights. And there was just one night that was a challenge because I did have a big week at work. And there was one night that was going to be a challenge for me to get to the bus on time. 
Um, and my dad uh, came and got Ethan off the bus for me. So that was nice. And it just gave me that little bit of comfort that I didn't have to rush. Um, but uh, due to some weather issues, uh, there was a delay of a couple days of Jeff getting home uh, due to canceled flights. And I was so grateful because um, my mom stepped in and offered a little bit of help due to some uh, work issues and Ethan being on a PA day. And as well, my in-laws uh, pitched in and helped me out when I needed to go to Ethan's uh, parent-teacher interview. And yeah, I was so appreciative. Um, and in most of these cases, like everybody was so gracious to help. And I was the one that like reached out and said, can you please help me? And that's so not easy for me to do. And I was so appreciative uh, that they helped. And I realized, and this is something I know, but I think you have to really experience it too, is people want to help you. Yeah. Uh, well, and grandparents want to spend time with their grandkids. Sure. Um, but they want to help you. And I know I love helping people and I love it when they ask me for help. I love being able to do something to help out. And, and that's what people want to do as well for you. And so it felt really good to ask for that help and accept that help when I was really in a situation that I needed it. Um, so, and thank you for seeing that because that did feel like progress for me. <laughs> well, it's big and, you know, I'm singling you out a little bit with it, but I think it's important to mention it because number one, it is a win for you, which is great. But also because I see a lot of women in my practice who are in that space where they are taking it all on and they're like just bubbling over because they're just about to explode because they're being everything for everyone. And yeah. I just want to encourage them, you know, if you're listening and that's you, ask for help. As Jenny just said, people want to help. It's part of this yeah. tribe where we all help each other. And it's very relevant when we're talking about relationships this month, that if we sort of give and take and everybody can help each other. It's win, win, win. So ask for yeah. help. People want to help you. Yeah. And I, you know, the one time when my mom watched him, I didn't even really need help. Um, <laughs> she, she just offered to take him to give me a break because it was, you know, he had been home with me because of the PA day and he was getting quite bored and tired of me and really wanted to see his dad. And my mom offered to take him for a bit so that I, and I ended you know what I ended up doing. I ended up cutting some lumber for a project I'm working on <laughs> and just having a little time because it was just nice to change things up for him. And, um, yeah. And I find because I only have one kid, I always feel guilty asking for help. Cause it's like, really, if you have one kid, you can't handle this, but it was nice. He, he was happy. I was happy. And then we all got together after and had dinner together. Oh, so it was perfect. great. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Win, win. You How about you? It. What was your learn? Um, my learn uh, basically comes down to this sentence. My guts appreciate good food. Oh, boy. And the backstory of this is that um, John and I did a six-week challenge that I have talked about on a lot of the most recent episodes where yeah. we were exercising three times a week and we were following a very specific meal plan that included a lot of whole real foods. It was great. We did awesome. And... Um, after the six-week challenge ended, I, of course, just jumped right off the deep end into debauchery where I ate all of the high-consequence food and drinks, and my tummy was so <laughs> sad with me for the next 24 hours. So it reminded me that I had been feeling really good when I was feeding myself all the good stuff, and then I found myself neck deep in pizza and beer and chips and mac and cheese and red wine, and I did not feel so good. So the learn is that... Uh, my guts appreciate good food. And uh, the good news is that I'm back on track. That's awesome. My favorite new term is high consequence food and drinks. <laughs> 
It seems like a good way to describe it. Uh, you have a way with words, Peg. Oh, well, I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> so we're quickly approaching the end of November, and we have explored all five of Gary Chapman's love languages. Do you have any final thoughts on this month's theme and challenge, Peg? Well, I really liked it. When we first decided to do a month about relationships and habits that might improve them, I really wasn't sure where it would go or what we might get out of it. There was something pretty awesome about intentionally leaning into the relationships with our most important people. And I think that as a result, moving forward, I'll definitely take some of the pieces of the various challenges that we completed this month and make an effort to keep them up. Um, How about you? Yeah, I think it was a really timely challenge as we head into the holiday season, focused on time with the ones we love. In the busyness of life, um, it can feel like a really good mindfulness project to look at the different ways to share your appreciation for others. And it's made me really want to know what everybody's love language is like. I wish everybody wore it on a little pin so that I (laughs) best knew how to communicate with them. Um, or I don't know what movie it is, but like, you know, where they can see the, like the screen, you know, in their eyes where it like tells things about the person that they're looking at. Is that Terminator? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff's giving me a nod. Um, (laughs) and, uh, I, so do you know what this made me think of? I think it would be cool to apply gift giving over the holidays to know the person's love language, to know how to really pick the perfect gift for them. So for example, for someone who really values quality time, you could get them something that would make quality time for you and them together. For example, tickets to the theater or maybe going for a spa service together. Um, And, you know, you could apply this to the different love languages um, and tailor the gift so that that person really sees that you see them. Cool. I love this idea. That's a really great idea. Yeah. So if everybody could just wear their pin that says what their love language is, it'd be (laughs) super helpful. Everybody just needs to get on that in a hurry. Yes. I'll be selling these buttons. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So next week, Get ready for it because we are going to be starting our monthly challenge for December and it's focused on digital detox, putting down those electronic devices, except for when you're listening to our podcast and tuning in on the real world that is all around you. We hope that you will tune in and play along with us. Oh, I'm really looking forward to this one. I definitely need a little bit of digital detox. I need it too. All right. And that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. Remember to let us know if you focus on the love language of physical touch by giving warm greetings and farewells. And how does it go? Email us or send us a voice memo at theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. You'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. Are you enjoying and getting value from this podcast? If so, if you could go and give us a rating and review on iTunes and subscribe if you haven't already, it will not only make us feel great that you took the time to do it, but it really helps other people to find the podcast so that we can help as many people as possible to create new healthy habits. And we would love to connect on the socials. I'm on Twitter at Jake House and Peggy is on Instagram at Dr. Peggy Malone. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag The Improvement Project. We also have a Facebook group. Search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Now go get to work on improving the most important project that you have. That's you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay focused and get after it. Thank you.
How do you feel about it? Quite Huang. I wish you'd say it like that. It's like a sparkling Chardonnay. Nice. It's actually lovely. Good on you. I wish I was classy. <laughs> oh, wow. I love that that's what gets me classified as classy. That's right. Sparkling Chardonnay. All Cracking of a sudden, a Bud I'm Light. classy. Cracking a Bud Light just doesn't have that same sound. That's right. <laughs>